we exist to come alongside people who are hurting, who are broken, who are messed up, to come alongside them and give them love and to give them grace and to give them encouragement until they can rise above it and walk on that path on their own. We are Pathway Church, located in Burleson, Texas. We worship together, we serve together, and we grow together. We don't come tonight just for human fellowship. We don't gather online uh, just to see humans doing human things, God. We come for a divine experience of your presence. We ask you to interrupt our lives, to get right in the middle of it. To meet us where we need to be met. And God, not only us, we pray for the people of Ukraine, even now. And we pray, God, that you would meet them in the middle of the war uh, for their very lives, for their physical lives, for their home, for their land, God. That you would give them strength, divine strength. You would give them wisdom. You would give their leadership a kind and loving but firm hand, God. We even pray for the Russian people, God who find themselves caught up in the conflict they did not desire, God, that that you would meet them right in the middle of their own consternation in their soul, this conflict of what to do. We, We pray, God, that you would meet leaders who have authority and power over human life. That you would interrupt their souls. You would take them to their knees. And may the cross of Jesus just be branded upon their soul. That in humility they would ask for forgiveness and guidance and reconciliation. And you would show them how to receive and give mercy. And to reconcile. But yes, God, we acknowledge that we ourselves have battles in our own souls. We have wars within our families. We have wars among our friends. We have wars among the workplace. We have relationships and tension and all this stuff, God. And we need you to get right in the middle of it. To show us the truth about ourselves. That we might be reconciled back to you, but also to one another. We ask you to do this and even more in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We, we do have uh, message notes tonight, so that'd be another reason why you want to have your app if you so desire or if you want to kind of do some writing. We will kind of have some things to help you take with you to work through this time of Lent. And I'm going to begin, we'll put everything on the screen. But I want to begin by reading the passage from Matthew chapter 4 that is largely uh, kind of beginning Uh, kind of used for this season that we called Lent. And here's here's how it goes. Uh, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, 
He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 11. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Now, as Chris indicated, tonight marks the beginning of a season, the Christian year we call Lent. Lent comes from an old English word, which means the lengthening of days. The days are going to get longer. In other words, springtime. Some people have this idea that Lent is about this season of the year where you and I go and we seek and we find the presence of God. But I do not buy in that what Lent is about. You and I cannot seek and find the presence of God because we are already in the presence of God. God is always present, and you are in his presence. What is absent is not God. What is absent is our awareness of God's presence. So Lent is not a season where you and I seek the presence of God. In your notes, number one, if you want to take notes, Lent is a season of becoming aware of God by becoming more aware of ourselves. In the Sermon on the Mount, just one, two pages over, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this. He says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Jesus is not teaching for you not to be aware of what your life is doing. He is not saying that at all. Really, that little verse right there is about he's a command, a biblical command that you and I are to give generously, to not give reluctantly, to give all of ourselves willingly. And he goes on to talk about this, that we do it in private. And he goes on to talk about that not only do you, do you give in private, not only do you fast in private, not only do you pray in private, but you do all of this secretly as you become more aware of yourself. And in so doing, he tells in that very same chapter, you store up for yourselves treasures in heaven when you do that. And, but then he says in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Lent is this season of the year where I become more aware of my heart. And as I become more aware of my heart, I become more aware of my treasure and the disconnect between my real treasure and what I say I really value. Now, modern-day psychologists say this, that people who increase their private self-awareness, that is, awareness of self, they tend to be more aware of their blind spots. Now, what is a blind spot? This is what we're talking about through this entire series that we're kind of launching tonight. So here's a definition I will share with you for blind spots for this series as we go uh, all the way up to Easter. Here it is. A blind spot is where I am unaware of my thoughts, my behaviors, and my emotional responses that do not line up with my faith, my belief, and my values. 
It is when people experience me, my behaviors, my thoughts, my emotions, and when they look, they go, you know, that does not match up with who they say they are as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And so that area I'm not aware of, we call it a blind spot. And the greater aware you are of your blind spots, those places where what you believe and value don't match up with the way you live, the more aware you become of that, all the research shows that you will begin to tend to realign your behavior, your thoughts, and your emotions to be congruent with what you say you believe about Jesus, about how to love, about how to forgive, how to be merciful, how to be reconciled to one another. So number two in your notes, if you're taking notes, what is Lent? Lent is a season where we metaphorically join Jesus in the wilderness, participating in 40 days of praying, fasting, and facing our temptations. That's what Lent is. Now, we're calling the part of this thing in Lent we're doing called 46 Focus. So we can help you do all three of these things, and we're really going to make it really easy for you. Because I know some of you struggle with this thing called praying. So what you're going to find, we're going to write a prayer for you to help you learn and grow how to pray. And so every day when you open up your app and you go right there where it says 46 Focus, you'll have a prayer to help you kind of grow in your own prayer life. Not only that, it says fasting. Some of you think about fasting as something, oh, I got to give up coffee, right? It's Lent. I got to give up a TV show. I got to give up social media. Now, if you want to do that, just be my guest. But do you understand the purpose of fasting? Fasting is when I give up something, I empty myself of something so it can be replaced with something that brings me into the presence of God. That's what fasting is about. It's giving something up, a habit or a practice, so that I can engage in a discipline that makes me more aware of God's presence and more aware of myself. Now, for some of you, I got an idea for you. Something you may want to do. You may want to join a small group because for the next six weeks, you could just join a small group for six weeks. That would mean fasting from something you do time-wise. Hey, and join a small group for six weeks. We have groups right now ready to put you in. You can go to the connection point after worship. Someone will be right there around the corner to help sign you up and help you know how you can be a part of that for six weeks. And you can kind of give something up and you can make room for the presence of God. And then this last thing it says, we're going to face our temptations. Now, I don't want to bog you down too much in some biblical teaching here about the Greek and all that sort of stuff. But I want to take just a moment to point out something about what you and I do with this word in the Bible here in Matthew chapter 4. And it talks about the devil and the tempter. In our English translation of this Greek and the way we Westerners read this scripture, we personalize, we put in a body form this concept of the devil and of the evil, and that's really not what this text intends to do in Matthew chapter, tw- in Matthew chapter 4. In the original Greek, there is a definitive article, which is the, say the. It's the tempter. It says the devil. It says the Satan. It says the And we tend to take that definitive article away. And if you read the scripture, devil and Satan, in this note, it is not capitalized. It is in small letters. 
But when you and I read this text, what we do, we take away the the, which in the Greek makes it a role. It's someone fulfilling the role of the devil, someone fulfilling the role of Satan. And we capitalize the noun to make it in a body form, some physical presence of a devil or evil. Now, I'm just asking, could it be, could it be, if you really read the text like it's written, could it be that this tempter is in some other form what you and I think when we think of evil or devil or Satan? Just to get you to think, look right here on the text, on the screen for this quote from Shakespeare. Here's what he says. Sometimes we are devils to ourselves. We tempt uh, the frailty of our powers presuming on their changing potency. Think about that. Here's a note from George Eliot. Can you put that up there? Sometimes the devil tempts us, not we tempt him. Repeat that. The devil tempts us not, we tis we that tempt him. Let that sink in. Six years ago, when I was in Israel with a group of people from this church, went through Jerusalem And I saw in this old, old shop an artist's rendering. It wasn't a very good painting, but it was very genius in his thought. Challenging. I looked everywhere on my phone to find the photo. I I could not find it. But it shows this image and picture of Jesus. And they had very deftly showed his face to look perhaps like the face of Satan himself on the face of Jesus. And I thought, wow, it just really was thought-provoking to think about. Could it be? That Jesus goes and led by the Spirit into the wilderness to come face to face with the temptations of what it really is to be human. Here's what I know about you and me humans. We don't mind walking into the zip code of temptation. We do it by our own will all the time. We get closer and closer and closer to the line of compromise, tempting ourselves to see if we can withstand it. We do it all the time. Could it be, could it be that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to confront his human self, to know and understand all of the temptations that you and I experience in this life by our own will, putting ourselves in these compromising positions and to know ourselves. Over here in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, we have this little message about our Savior. It says here in Hebrews 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Could it be in this 40 days, you and I are invited to go into the wilderness of our soul and get honest about where we are tempted to compromise our values and our beliefs and our faith that the blind spots in our soul might be revealed third thing final point Lent is a season when we look in a mirror and see the truth about our spiritual blind spots 
we look in a mirror and see the truth about what we do not want to know about ourselves. What we do not want to discover, and if we do discover it, we want to forget it as quickly as we can. Or you discover it and you ignore it. Hear this reading of the word from, from the book of James. James chapter 1, picking up verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So if for Jesus... These 40 days were about him going into the wilderness, become more aware of his human self so he can connect with you and me and resist the temptations. Could it be for you and me that really Lent is the season where you and I go and we literally look into the mirror. That is the word of God. That is the word of God, the mirror. That you and I might become aware of our blind spots. That as I read this book, it becomes a mirror which shows me the flaws, the imperfections, the places of the disconnect between my behaviors, my emotions, and my thoughts, and my faith. Is this where I look into the mirror and I become so aware of the truth about me? There's a poem by a lady named Jan Richardson that I think kind of identifies what this whole experience is like. Let your heart break. Let it crack open. So that you can see its secret chambers. The hidden spaces where you have hesitated to go. Your entire life is right here inscribed whole upon your heart's walls. The invitation is to come and to look in the mirror and open up your heart and allow God to penetrate and show you the truth about your heart, the blind spots in your motives. And help you do the good work of reconciliation. Notice I said for you to do the good work of reconciliation, of putting yourself in position to receive what God wants to give you. That is new hope. That is new life. I want to remind you again about 46 Focus. I'll, please, please, I want to encourage you. Download the new app. You're going to love it. It's brand new. It's simpler. It's, I, mean, I just got to say a shout out to Dorinda Cohn. I got to say a shout out to her, our communication team, and to Joe Barrington for all the work they did to make this happen. So it's ready to go tomorrow morning. Please, tomorrow morning, join 46 Focus. We're going to give you a scripture to read. Very short. You can find it right there. Then we're going to get you some questions to reflect upon it. You can write down your reflections right there. Not only that, then we're going to ask you, we're going to give you a prayer that you can read right there. You don't have to think it up. It's right there for you. Make it your own. And then fourth, we're going to give you ideas on how you can connect. And then you're going to serve. And here's the great idea. If you're in a small group for six weeks, you know what you'll do in that small group? You'll do all five of those things every time. You will. You'll read the Bible. You'll reflect upon it for a few minutes. You'll pray together as a prayer. You'll read it out loud together. 
you'll connect with each other, and there'll be opportunity to serve each other. 46 focus. Life-changing. Some of you did 75 hard. I challenge you. 46 focus. Don't miss a day. Here's something I'm doing in my life every morning during Lent. I've already started it. Uh, pope John the 23rd was an awesome pope. He ended his reign back in the early 60s when he died. But he was such a deep spiritually man, I found myself studying his life. And he had something in his life he called the Lenten Daily Decalogue, where he read these 10 things every single morning in his life during Lent. So I was so moved by that, I kind of thought about it. And I've written out 10 things that I'm going to read, that I'm going to do every single day. And if you want to borrow this, you can. We're going to put it on my blog on the new website that's coming out on Friday. You're welcome to take it, make it your own. But every morning, this is how I'm going to begin my day as a part of 46 Focus. Here it is. Only for today, I will seek to live with a positive mindset without wishing to solve the problems of my life all at once. Only for today, I will be especially mindful of how others experience me. I will dress modestly. I will not raise my voice. I will be courteous in my behavior. I will not criticize anyone. I will not try to improve or discipline or fix anyone but myself. Number three, only for today, I will believe in the certainty that I was created to be joy-filled. Not only in the next life, but in today. Joy-filled. Only for today, I will adapt to circumstances without expecting all circumstances to adapt to my own liking. Only for today, I will devote 15 minutes of my time to reading God's Word. Remembering that just as food is necessary to the life of the body, so is reading God's Word necessary for the life of my soul. Only for today, I will do one act of kindness and not tell anyone about it. Only for today, I will do at least one hard thing I do not like doing. And if my feelings are hurt, I will make sure no one knows it. Only for today, I will make a plan for myself. I may not follow it to the letter, but I will make the plan. Number nine, only for today. I will firmly believe, despite how I feel, that God is with me, that God cares for me, and God loves me. And here's the last one, number 10. I'm going to read these every single morning. Only for today, I will live with no fear. I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe in goodness I will do what might cause me anxiety if I were to believe I had to do it my entire life every day for 46 days I'm going to begin with this declaration 
Now, I don't know what your declaration is going to be. But your challenge is to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. could be this evening there's someone here for the very first time who's going to receive this ashen cross upon their forehead or their hand here's what will happen in a moment the guest service is going to release you by communion you will go to a station an elder will have this little container and you'll be invited to lean forward like this, and they'll put the cross on your forehead. Or you can stick your hand out like this, and they'll place it upon your wrist or your hand. And then after receiving the Ashen Cross, you'll be invited to just find a place to pray. You can come and fill this space up here. You can go back to your chair. You can go out to the crossing. You can go into the sanctuary. Just make any space everywhere you want. And just be with God to begin your 40-day journey, your 46 focus, with the receiving of the Ashen Cross. But before you receive it, I just ask you where you are to kind of get yourself in a posture. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. If there's anyone here you're not sure if you believe in God, you're welcome here because I want you to know that God believes in you. And if you're someone who's here tonight that feel like God has forsaken you and God has left you, I want to assure you God has not forsaken you and He has not left you. He is right here. And if you're someone who believes that God has given up on loving you, that you have done something so horrible, so dastardly, so evil, that you've been so confused in your life, by your behaviors, that there's no way, there's no way you could receive this cross upon your body because Jesus was so good. I will tell you, he loves you and he loves to heal broken people. It's one of his favorite things to do. So wherever you are, I just invite you to just repeat after me and pray with me. I like to hear you say it, pray it out loud. Just kind of open your hands if you would, or if you have your arms around kids, you can do that. And just repeat after me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know every anxious thought within me. See if there are any blind spots within me. Make them known to me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Will the host please guide the body to receive the cross of Jesus?
deserve my every breath, my life, oh, my song. What do you need to see about you? What does your family need you to see? What do your employees need you to see? What do your kids need you to see? What does God see? Thank you for joining us. If you would like more information on Pathway or to get connected to a ministry, visit our website at pathway.church. We look forward to growing with you as we worship together. God loves you. God is with you.